0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. It's crazy what you can accomplish once you put your mind to something. Shifting your mindset to want to be great takes a lot of focus and dedication. And most of all, sacrifices. Success is what we're all after. And I'm currently going through this process where my mindset is dramatically changing. I want greatness and only want to surround myself around greatness, as I'm guessing you guys do too. I'm your host, Ivory Frempong, and I'm bringing you Think Gold, where we will inspire and bring to you inspiration that will change your mindset and improve your daily lives. With our first guest, we bring to you Tim Quino. What's up, y'all? He's a father. A husband, a friend, member of the community, he's also your pastor. Not every day you get to hear from a pastor, so you are feeling good today. are feeling blessed. We're feeling blessed. How you doing? My man, I'm doing good, man. I'm, I'm trying to get good. over this cold right now. I feel you. Yeah. feel a little, I sound a little nasally. I feel like everybody's sick right now, yeah, man. My whole crazy. football team is sick. Really? My whole football team yeah. is sick. It's spreading like wildfire. Yeah.
0: We're just trying to make sure the baby don't get sick. Man. Yeah. That's, that's a big one. Yeah. As long as the baby's good, I'm good.
1: Baby's doing good though? Yeah, she's good, man. She's good. She's with grandma right now. So grandma she's right chilling. now. Life's uh, doing good. Yes, sir. I hear you. I hear you. So yes, sir. I wanna make this more of like a a conversation. For sure. Real natural and sure. we'll just talk about anything. But uh we're gonna start off with your story. Yeah, man. And where you're from, mm-hmm. you know, where did you grow up and you know, tell me a little about the environment you were raised and kinda of paint that picture for me.
0: Absolutely, for sure. Well, Ivory Man, what you're doing here is just Fantastic! I'm super excited about young brothers like yourself, scholar, student athlete, yeah. doing all that stuff, mm-hmm. man. Um, so I'm super proud, super honored to be here. But a little bit about my story. Um, so I'm born and raised in Rhode Island. Um, grew up in a in a suburb. Uh, even though in Rhode Island, people don't really see suburbs as suburbs, yep. right? They mm-hmm. just kind of we gotta kind of got our own silos. But I grew up in a suburb called Cranston. Um, it's right outside Providence. Um, so it's kind of an urban suburb, so had a lot of different people, a lot of different nationalities really? and, and diversity. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the so the the people that I lived around was pretty diverse, but the school that I went to for elementary school, um, was primarily white, primarily Italian Jewish white, right? So that, that has its own kind of story with it. Um, but both my parents are pretty pretty well-educated, uh, you know, worked in the academy, worked in the church. I got two younger brothers, um, and so basketball was our life. And so, growing up, my, my two worlds, I, I always tell people that I grew up. So, coming up in Cranston, I'm in the suburb. I go to school with business owners and, you know, sons and daughters of teachers and mm-hmm. police officers and that that sort of thing, firefighters. Um uh, but then on the weekends my parents had started this church in the city of Providence, um, uh, right on the West End, which at that time the West End wasn't as nice as it is today. Yep. So um I grew up going to school in the suburbs,
1: but then spending my weekend with the hoodlums, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, and with the hoodlums. Yeah, with the <laughs> <laughs> so what was like your uh what was your main friend group? Like what type it of ethnicity it was both. Both that's
0: what I'm saying. Okay. It was both. So I kinda grew up. Hanging out with, you know, kids who had all of the toys. They yeah. had everything name brand. They yeah. had, you know, North Face and all yeah. of that kind of stuff. But then, um, the, the kids that, you know, I, I played with on the weekends, like, our favorite game was Tag. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? That's all anybody yeah. had money for, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, um, I, I grew up in both worlds and, and straddling kind of these, uh, what, um, kind of, um, Dr. W.E.B. E. Du Bois talks about as a double consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. I'm this black body in this mm-hmm. white world, yep. um, Monday through Friday, but then Saturday and Sunday, I'm this very black body yep. amongst a sea of black bodies. So what does it mean mm-hmm. to be black
1: amongst different types of black people? Totally. Yeah. I've dealt with that my whole life, you know. For sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, I'm African, uh-huh. and half, half Korean, but, you know, I... I was raised with just my mom yeah, and she's Korean. Yeah, So I didn't really have someone telling me how to be a black man in America. Exactly. So I kind of had to learn that on my own. Exactly. And then when I was in when I was in college, I was like, man, I feel like I'm everybody else. What are you yeah. talking about? When I was in college, it was like, bam, okay, you black. <laughs> you, <laughs> you black. black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You better yeah. know who you You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So that's something I feel like a lot of people deal with uh-huh. if you're not directly like born and raised in the hood, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? But uh-huh. if you're... A black man living in the suburbs is you. It's different. And it's different. You learn things a lot differently than mm-hmm. other people, mm-hmm. and most of the time you learn it the hard way, for sure. And yeah, I'm learning it right now. I'm going through that process. And I'm
0: so glad that you brought up being African because my dad's Ghanaian too. Um, so that's a different type of black. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's it's not the black American, you know, kind of um, brothers and sisters in the struggle kind of black. Yep. It's it's black but it's, it's from the motherland, so to mm-hmm. speak. So, so already, culturally, it, things are a little bit different with language, and, um, and I'm, I'm sure with you having the Korean background, also that, that just changes things up a lot. And so that, that, that was a big part of my journey, man. That, that really, I mean, in high school, um, so after, after uh, middle school, my family decided to move uh, 40 minutes south To North Kingstown, okay, uh, which is a whole different suburban lifestyle. (laughs) That's crazy. You
1: can get to like coast to coast in Rhode Island in like an hour, right?
0: Oh, less than that. Less than that. That's crazy. Every city's different. Every every city's different. Every section of Rhode Island is different. I I I see Rhode Island as like pockets, Mm -hmm. Um, and so you've got rural, you've got urban, you've got. Um, even kind of, you know, probably just trying to have like a little metropolis, yeah, like little, a little, like a little downtown. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you you got pockets, and so um, my freshman year of high school in December, we we closed on a house down here uh, in North Kingstown, Rhode Island, right on the border of South Kingstown, and so that was different, right? Because now um, I'm I'm kind of coming into my adolescence. And my understanding of what it is to be a man, yep. but I'm now even further removed from the people that I hung with on the weekends. So I'm still going to church in Providence on the weekends, mm-hmm. but I don't even have that proximity, that closeness of being in. Well, I, I, at least I'm next door in Cranston. No, it's not even like that anymore. Now I'm all the way 40 minutes south in North Kingstown. And so just the the racism
1: was different. And what, did, what were your parents doing at this time?
0: Um, so my, my mother is a career academic. She's been teaching at the University of Rhode Island since her early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was always uh, employed by the University of Rhode Island as a professor. She was a department mm-hmm. chair for Africana Studies for years, uh, I think for about 10 years, something like that. Um, and my father has done a few different things. Um, he was a... Uh, city of providence school teacher so he taught at hope high school he taught at central high school um and he's always been a pastor though that's been the constant yeah. um so when we moved that was what 2005 he was still pastoring but now he was doing a lot of work overseas um like
1: missions work humanitarian work that kind of stuff wow mm-hmm. so what was it like having your your mom be in the educational system teaching yeah. every day and your dad being a pastor like how are those expectations for you, bro? They and were the crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was crazy. There's no, there's no messing up. There's like, no, how do you
1: fit what their ideal picture yeah. is for their son? How do you, how did you kind of do that?
0: Yeah, um, no, my my parents were they were pretty gracious, man. The, their expectations were clear. I mm-hmm. think that was helpful, right? When you have expectations that are just from the jump, you know what to expect. I think that helps, right? Um, and so. We knew, like, college was never, oh, if you want to go to college. Like, no, you're going to college. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can do whatever you want after college, yeah. but you're going to college. So that that just was ingrained in us. Um, uh, as far as Christianity and church and religious life, for better or for worse, it was just an expectation. So long as you live under my roof, you're going where I'm going on Sunday, yeah. and I'm going to church. Yeah. So guess where you're going? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Did you did you like going to church when you were younger
0: um i did i did i i think i was always a pretty kind of heady kid you know i, I was always in my own thoughts mm-hmm. a lot and so um I, I just i studied the bible at like a pretty early age
1: like how would we talking
0: like um i would say definitely by middle school I was really digging in that's crazy yeah like 11 12 years old I was really like I was reading about church history I was reading about you know, major people, the Reformation movement, all of that
1: stuff. So at 12 years old, if you had to rate your faith, your faithfulness, one through 10, what would you, how faithful were you to your religion out of one through 10? Yeah, I was, I was pretty
0: committed, man. Nine, nine. Yeah, nine, so nine, maybe 10. All, all in.
1: That's crazy. So you're all in on this, your faith in Christianity. How did you balance that and, you know, your friends and yeah. what your friends were kind of doing, even yeah. throughout high school, how did you kind of balance having that faith?
0: Yeah. Um, it was tough sometimes, you know. I got made fun of a lot. <laughs> got made fun of a lot. But it, you. Know, I think one of the cool things about growing up, growing up around, uh, so in middle school, my middle school was a lot more diverse than the much more white elementary school that I went to. And so when we were still living in Cranston, I was attending this middle school. It was there were a lot of other black students who had super religious parents. Yep. So even though they wasn't living it, um, the fact that I was wasn't totally foreign. Yeah, and so that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by the time I got to high school, I was an athlete. So that helped. People could relate to. They, they couldn't relate to. My faith and church and all that kinda of, that was weird. Yeah. But the fact that I was an athlete, the fact that I could crack jokes, I could mm-hmm. take a joke, I could crack a joke. Um I, I had a pretty social personality that that helps people be like, Oh, okay, you know, we can hang with Tim and mm-hmm. that church thing, I guess that's just his thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we all a lot of us growing up, we have God, if not in the front of our minds, in the back of our minds. Sure. So why do you think they looked at you kind of like an outsider? even though it's something that they kind of did believe, they just didn't like showing it. Why do you think yeah. you were so foreign to them and this faith that you had? And- I think it was the decisions that I made. Um,
0: yeah, I think it was definitely de- the decisions that I made. You know, I, like as a, as a young kid, I didn't I didn't cuss. Um, that was a big deal, you mm-hmm. know, middle school. You you wanted to see who could string them together yeah. the best. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I stayed a virgin until I got married. Mm-hmm. So in high school, that was a
1: big. I bet. Deal. I bet, bro. I already, so that was probably like the biggest, uh, biggest thing you faced. Like <laughs> all your friends talking about what girls so, they getting with, and you kind of just like, yeah, I, I kissed the girl <laughs> last night. I, I grabbed, I grabbed a little booty. <laughs> little bra- <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, nah, so feel you. funny,
0: funny story actually. So, um, I told you my, my parents moved midway through my freshman year, so yeah. I, I was the new kid at school. I didn't start. And this was in high school? In high school. Okay. I didn't start at North Kingstown High School until my sophomore year. Mm. So I'm, I'm new. These kids have had a year of being together. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm new. I'm black. Yep. I'm new and I'm black.
1: And you said this was a majority... This was a
0: majority white school. Okay. Yep. All right. So um, I get into the school. Everybody's like, oh, you know, who's this young basketball star? I'm like, how you know I'm a basketball star? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> just, <laughs> just walking in just the building, yeah. I'm a basketball yeah. star. All right. So... <laughs> Um uh I'm in I'm in one of the classes and uh the teacher just gave us free time for whatever reason. And so we're all just kinda sitting there and you know, this one girl turns around in her chair, she starts talking to me, like, tell me where you're from, what's going on, blah blah blah. I'm like, Oh, this is cool, you know, she's being nice. Slowly I start seeing other people come around us and the teacher doesn't care. This mm-hmm. is just it's whatever. Is it and before you know it? I've got the whole class kind of listening in as I'm being interviewed by this girl, and so then she drops the question. She's like, "So, how many people have you slept with?" Oh man, what? just straight like that, what? bro. Just straight like that, bro. <laughs> how many people <laughs> have you slept with? And you know, I wasn't gonna lie. I, yeah. That's just not me. I, I am who I am. Take it or leave it. So when I told her, like, "Nah, that's that's not really my style. I'm a, I'm a Christian, and so uh, I'm pretty focused on saving myself." For marriage That's a gift I want to give my wife She was like What Oh my gosh That's so sweet Oh that's great I'm thinking Okay cool Uh Bro Not two periods later Every time I walk Down the hallway People are looking Whispering What Yo, oh, not even two hours, but by oh, lunchtime, man. by lunch, the whole school So knew. what'd you do?
1: What'd you, what'd you do and, that you just, you... you just wear gotta it. You just got to own it at yeah. that point. Now uh-huh.
0: everybody knows. Everybody's asking you questions. Every time I went to locker room, dudes was like, nah, 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 nah. Like,
1: like, for real, though? <laughs>
0: <laughs> you sure? <That's> <laughs> Most kids crazy.
1: honestly would have said one or two. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you telling I, the truth. That, that's, I, I wasn't going to lie. Yeah, that's something
0: I wasn't gonna lie, okay. I, and I and, and it was funny because I found that out later as I got older mm-hmm. that most kids were lying, mm-hmm. right? Most kids were saying, "Oh yeah, yeah I banged yeah. this one," I bet, and I, and then you go ask the girl, she's like, "Nah,
1: man, I don't even know the dude." Yeah,
0: never heard of him.
1: Yeah. So, um, did you have any any like early ambitions or dreams or goals? Like, what do you think you were gonna be at the age of like? When you were 15 years old, or freshman year of high school, what did you think you wanted to be?
0: For sure, I definitely wanted to be a preacher. Preacher, yeah, which what, is crazy. Why was that so
1: enticing to you?
0: Um, it's just I I wanted to, I wanted to talk for a living. That's that's one. That's my gift. Um, speaking to people and inspiring folks. Um, and I wanted to believe in what I was talking about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um you know i just i wasn't real big on like being a salesman for you know kohl's stores you know i don't believe in kohl's like <laughs> it's great that they're making money yeah. but you know that uh-huh. doesn't that, that doesn't really move me but um, when i looked at my life i was like the biggest portion of my life is my faith in god and i've seen it's great capacity for evil mm-hmm. i've seen how the churches abuse things and mess things up and and there's all kinds of problems with that and I get that, but I've seen the capacity for good, and that's what grips me. Hmm. Um, all of the ways that religion can benefit people, and all of the humanitarian work, all of the um, the work of Dr. King hmm. and the Civil Rights Movement, hmm. and right all of these people, even Good Brother Malcolm, yeah, though he's of a different faith, still all of the work that he did um, with his beliefs and in the community for the people man I just I couldn't
1: ignore that I wanted to be that hmm at such a young age too that's crazy yeah. so it seems like you had a a very good perception on life when you were younger I, I had I had great parents great examples a lot of great
0: mentors um, that were around me so. yeah wow yeah
1: were there any particular phases you went through high that you went through in high school yeah, did you d- ever find yourself getting in some trouble in high school or anything <laughs> like that um getting caught my parents
0: kept us on a pretty short leash (laughs) i mean i had a black mama Uh okay and then an african father oh yeah you're not going nowhere do the
1: the impression real quick
0: (laughs) no i mean (laughs) if uh if anything happened my father was just not about to he was just not gonna have it it was just gonna be what it is um i remember i remember one time this girl was trying to get me you know just get me to come out and she had, she had called me and i thought my dad was asleep and so i'm talking to her on the phone and i'm you know i'm kind of feeling her she kind of feeling me and we're talking and she like oh you should come out and the night she wanted me to come out was uh there was a church event some some going to i was like ah oh, i ain't going to be able to make it i got this commitment and it kind of, it was kind of killing me a little bit but i just said all right i'll uh you know we'll talk later talk another time so i hung up the phone and my dad just gets up and he's like i'm so proud of you son i was like what
1: he was on the other line
0: he he was just letting out he was sitting there i was he was in the room and i thought he was asleep Uh so i'm having this conversation thinking my father's asleep and he just pops up eyes open son i'm so proud of you i
1: was like why why are you so weird man man? that's funny that's funny it was funny it was funny stuff so if you don't know me and tim i'm half Ghanaian. Come on, Tim's also half Ghanaian. Represent my Ghanaian brother. That's it. Eat a little bit of the jollof, jollof rice. <laughs> J- <Jellaw> rice. Fufu. <laughs> fufu, 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 I don't like and kenke. You have fufu? you like fufu? You don't like fufu, bro? You're not. You're I remember not right to see my life. my dad eat fufu, and he had this big bowl and yeah. it had this red soup in it. Yeah. No spoon. Nah. And he just with He's his hand with your fingers. I bro. I tried it at like eight years old, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, this is spicy. <laughs> I'm never touching this again. Oh man. But yeah, you every got, African person I talk to, they're like, "You don't like fufu? Yeah, oh, yeah, you don't bro. like fufu?
0: Yeah, bro, yeah, you gotta crazy. have you gotta have it right. You yeah, gotta have it right. That's so, true. Yeah, you get you get some good stew. They call that soup. They call it stew. Mm-hmm. Some some stew with some beef in it, some chicken, some fufu, man. Palm nut stew. Mm. Come on
1: now. You had a lot of African food growing up in your house.
0: Um, no, my dad only cooked it once in a Blue Moon. We had aunts actually mm-hmm. who would cook it. Auntie B, Auntie Gifty. Um, they would throw down, you know, especially like we had church events. Yeah. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta have some. We're gonna have to get you some foo-foo the right way. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah,
1: man. So uh, let's get back to your story. Were for your, sure. Were your eyes always set on college? And you know, how did you view the idea of? You kind of answer that. So. Yeah. Yeah, just something that played a big role in your family. Yeah, education degree, was huge. Right, education was
0: huge. Mm-hmm. Both my parents uh, are, are well educated, got got higher education degrees, and so that was a big deal from jump. I think um, it shifted for me though once I got to college. I think I I I wish if I could go back and say anything to myself, maybe freshman year. Or even as uh, in middle school, I would tell myself to pursue a skill in college.
1: Pursue a skill
0: to to treat college almost like a trade school. I think I entered um, college with the mentality that you know, it, you know, I have this great experience, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to take in the experience, and that's cool. But you can have experiences doing anything. Yep. The the beauty of college is you can walk out of there. With a value, uh, a skill that is of a certain value, mm-hmm. depending on you know what you choose and what you pick, and the amount of effort you put into developing that skill.. For sure. And so um you know, I walked out with a communications and Africana studies degree, which enriched me deeply as a person and as uh, as a preacher. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of material from my experiences in those majors. but I wish I would have walked out of here with some sort of a technical skill. What, be it a language or uh, some skill in technology, some skill in marketing, some skill um, in another field, maybe? But that—that's, I think, the one area that I did not, you know, I, I just didn't have that perspective. So,
1: did you feel like when you left college, you were kind of behind because of that, or um, I, felt
0: like I, limited. Limited. I felt like I was limited. I felt like I was limited, and you know, some some of my best friends are. Uh, oh, oh, a lot of my friends, all my friends at college, were in the sciences, mm-hmm. and so obviously the sciences; th- those are hard skills: doctor, pharmacy, um, you know, biological r- researcher or technician or whatever the case may be. Um, and I just felt like, man, because they could always, you know, to, be, to get training to be a pastor. That's not that's not hard. It's not difficult. I mean, it's hard, but you can you can always do that. Yeah, but you can't. Always do medical school. Mm -hmm. You can't always go get a pharmacy degree, and so I think um, it just would have been better to to walk out with a skill.
1: What's your opinion of you know people who want to be entrepreneurs and CEOs of companies and want to start their own businesses? Do you think it's important for them to go to college? Do you think they need college for someone to like take out a loan? Do you think it's essential Uh, um, for them to go to college? Well, I think I think the culture has kind of shown us that college isn't
0: crucial maybe the way that we thought in times past. But I I say this, um, you, you need what you need and no one can really prescribe for you what that is. You kind of have to determine for yourself what it is that you need Mm -hmm. and consider a few things. Okay. So, um, some entrepreneurs just aren't going to crack that level of success that sustains them. Mm -hmm. Um, Beyond a certain age. So, you know, it's just no matter what you do, no matter what kind of effort you put in, you you're probably just not going to be mature enough to crack that level of success before 32 or 35 or 45. Or, and that's not everybody's story. Some people get it real young, but most people probably aren't going to crack that level of success till their early 30s. So what are you going to do with your 20s? you you could you can go work you can go travel you can go to college you can do a, a mix of all of those you can play sports you can pursue a, a different dream as a musician as a, it you just have to look at what however you spend your time not as just passing the time but mm-hmm. as investing the time i think okay. that's the key
1: being time aware in college is very important absolutely i feel like a lot of kids they go to college and their trade or their what their experience is at college is you know being a part of all the parties yeah, and the frat yeah, life, the sorority yeah, life, like yeah, and living on their own, yeah. and so they're kind of going to college to learn how to live on their own, yeah. rather than learn what their degree is really worth right, and right, establishing right. valuable networks right. that are not just people that are in your life for no reason, right, right, right. right and right. because of that, I feel like college is one of the biggest scams out there, really, for sure. Because for sure, there's moms and dads who are sending their kids out there for to go to a four year school for. Mm-hmm dang near $200,000, I know it. and they're failing out of school, and they're flunking classes, and they'll still send them back. Like, <laughs> oh, come on, Billy, get your degree <laughs> at WVU, the biggest <laughs> party school in, for sure. in the country. And for like, sure. Yeah, I'll pay for you to go to the biggest party school in the country. Yeah. It's no problem. Yeah. Yes. As long as I can tell my friends that you went to WVU yeah. and got a degree. I just feel like that's... I don't know. I don't know if I... If I would send my kid to school, yeah. if he has a plan yeah. in his mind and he yeah. knows what he wants, because I feel like he can get a lot of stuff from books, from uh, the internet, yeah. and just be successful. Because you see a lot of bosses and CEOs. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think I don't think Bill Gates went to college, right? And I
0: don't know if Bill Gates went yeah, to I college. Yeah, ch- I check that. But I there's did, a lot of
1: entrepreneurs out there that, didn't, that are bosses who didn't go to college, but sure. yet people who work for them did go to college. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I want to be. I want to be a boss. I feel like if I didn't have, you know, a scholarship to play football, I don't know if I'd be in college. Yeah. But I'll tell you, I'd still be working my craft and communicating to people yeah, and wanting yeah, to be yeah. successful. And I so,
0: think I, th- I think you're right. I think um, a lot of one thing that uh, they didn't tell us, you know, the, the boomer generation didn't tell us when they were like, you got to go to college. Um, uh, as millennials, we kind of figured out that you can graduate from college and still not have a good job. Mm. And so that has kind of turned us off from the idea of college, but I think one one piece that we need to to keep in mind is um college is like I said it's an investment. And as you know with investments, it's not the dollar amount. The real currency of investments is trust. It's can you show yourself to be trustworthy mm. and can you pick the right person to trust? I hear you. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so when <clears> you come <throat> to college, that's kind of what you're doing. You're you're kind of saying, "Look at me, I am trustworthy. Here let me let me show you. Let me prove it to you. I can live on my own. Okay? I can manage my Ram account <laughs> 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 and not run out of food. I can um, you know, I can handle the temptation of, you know, just complete self-indulgence, whether yep. it be parties, relationships, blah, 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 pop, pop, fill in the blank, whatever it is. Yep. Um, and on top of all of that, look at my work ethic, whether it's an, as an athlete in the classroom, uh, or just as a student worker, right? Whatever the case may be, you look at all of those things. And when you walk out of college, you present that, to someone you believe is trustworthy, is worthy of your investment, of your time. And you say, now, I'm trustworthy. I believe you are trustworthy. Let's come together and let's leverage my investment for a greater return. Yeah. And now, if you approach it that way, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I think that's only one way, but I think that's one way that you could approach it.
1: That's the best way to approach you it. Could,
0: definitely make college man college is the easiest way to shoot your way to the top but like you said a lot of people get tripped up in the dumb stuff the stupid Mm. stuff the drama and then they walk out of here two hundred thousand dollars in debt a hundred thousand dollars in debt and they get a middle of the road job that they hate and they're just back to college living for the weekend Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah man that's that's the best way to look at college yeah yeah for for sure sure. it's got to be an investment yeah
0: it's got to be an investment i think um And especially for people of color, um, you know, I think we need to consider a little bit more carefully uh, higher education, Uh, not to say that our our white brothers and sisters, uh, our white counterparts and colleagues don't have to consider college, but I definitely think people of color do because there's already a societal mistrust just based off of our skin color which is wrong but it's I've real I've
1: seen I don't want to sound like you know I'm, I'm placing a stereotype but I've seen people of color in high school and then people of color in college and the difference between the work ethic is crazy like yeah. I see a lot of black people on this campus who are working their tails off for sure for because sure. you know they can barely afford college but they're trying to trying get to make their GPA work. trying to make it work and for I sure. see people who are hustling for sure and when I see that I just got all love for them like yeah. that's cr- like for sure, yeah, for sure. For sure. So I'm blessed to be here on, on scholarship, but I know there's kids out there that are struggling. Just making it work. Just making it work. So I try to feel blessed mm-hmm. that I'm here when I'm feeling down. No doubt. Don't want to go to class. I'm like, <laughs> people actually paying to go to class. Like, come on now, I Come on, man, now, I've, yeah, come man. On, I've. yeah, man. Yeah, but man. it's so easy to take college for granted. It can be. Yeah. It can be. But I think
0: you got a healthy... I mean, just the fact that you... I mean, your story... I, now, we're... We've got a relationship, we're friends, and I've talked to you about your story and the fact that like out of high school something clicked in, clicked yeah. on just mm-hmm. at the end there where you were yeah. like, nah, I gotta I gotta take the next step.
1: Yeah. So um let's get back to your story. Yeah, here. no doubt. So you're senior in high school. Yep. What colleges did you have in mind? URI. URI? That was the only one?
0: My mother works here. It was for free. It was for free? <laughs> it was free. Okay. <laughs> that was it. No student loans, that man. That's it.
1: awesome. Yeah, dude. Dang, that's lit. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to URI. Uh-huh. In your senior year, it's summertime, school just gets out. Mm-hmm. What's your mind kind of like? What are you thinking about? Just what are you money. focusing on making money? Yep. Making money, making money. money after college or before? You know what do you mean, making money? Oh, just I just wanted some
0: some change going some into college. Yeah, okay. So I worked a, a summer
1: job, and um, and
0: that was it. I you know I I knew the grind of of higher education. I, you know I I had been used to it. So it's just
1: like let's just make some money right now and I then hear you.
0: get ready for the semester.
1: I hear you. So when the semester started, did you kind of have some goals for yourself? Absolutely. What did you want to accomplish? I wanted to get out of here in three years. Three years. Absolutely. And you did that? And I did that. Wow. How did you do that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I couldn't Wait, kinda... what's, tell me about, so why was that? Why did you want to do it in three years? And um,
0: I just, I didn't want to be here for four. I, I I heard about Emeka Okafor, the basketball player, mm-hmm. and I heard that he had gotten a scholarship to play basketball at University of Connecticut, and that. He finished college in three years, but he stayed. I think I think he stayed for a fourth year just yeah. to get his graduate degree or whatever. But just the way he used the system for his personal benefit inspired me. I was like, I'm about to do that. I'm about to do that. So
1: I did it. Did anybody uh, follow in your footsteps? <laughs> yeah. <man. laughs> Tell us about your your oh brother. What gosh. do you do after that? After you so found out I, you graduated. I three graduated
0: years. three years. I'm on top of the world. And uh, my younger brother, who's four years younger than me, he was, so he came into college a year after I did, after I left. And this young man came into college and said, I'm about to graduate in two.
1: Two years. That's two crazy. Years. Oh, my goodness. That's he did like, a
0: four-year degree that's in two That's morning
1: years. classes, afternoon classes, <laughs> <laughs> night classes. That's crazy. Yeah, but man. But, but you know you. what? You
0: are right. And, and this is what I mean by investment. Yeah. So you I afforded me this opportunity to do an entire semester's worth of work Mm -hmm. in one summer by doing an internship. Mm. Look at that. I get college credit. I get to maximize my time. And I get internship real-world experience uh, all for the price of one. Like who doesn't love a three-for-one deal? You know (laughs) what I'm saying? (laughs) So just realizing that investment, being vigilant, being on top of your game, having conversations with your advisors – like, you can really make something work, you know, with your collegiate experience.
1: Do you think it was hard? Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. It was, eh. It,
0: uh, I think anything worthwhile is a little difficult, definitely. but I, I don't think college was too, too difficult. Graduate school was definitely harder.
1: So getting back to your freshman year, mm-hmm. and you have these goals set for yourself, graduate in three years. Yep. What are some other goals you had? Um...
0: I wanted to
1: make an impact on the campus. Make an impact on the campus. Yeah. Uh,
0: some sort of a social impact on the social campus. Social impact. Mm-hmm.
1: You just had that set in your mind. This That's is something it. I'm going to do. I'm going to do it. Why did you want to do that? It's just kind of my mindset wherever I go. I think
0: um, impacting people's lives for the better is, is important. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's my gifting. It's what I do well. Mm. So I want to bring that, that
1: impact, that legacy everywhere. Why do you think it's something that you always that you you do all the time?
0: I, I think I've been around being being a preacher's kid. I've been around that. I've been around preachers, pastors, mm. and that's what I always saw. You know, whether it was the legacy of uh, Dr. King, who I mentioned, or mm-hmm. other other leaders, uh, pastoral leaders, uh, right? A current one right now is Reverend Dr. William Barber. You know, people who, in a sea of other faces. Still, call the entire crowd higher. They inspire people to do more. That just lights my fire, man, and I I love being in a space where, you know, tonight actually, I'm super excited to go see um, Doctor Cornell West, one of the the foremost scholars of our time, one of the most brilliant. People on the planet, what? yes, yes.
1: Who I don't, I feel like I should know. Oh, uh, Cornell, Cornell West. Cornell West is
0: a brilliant, brilliant scholar. Um, he talks about everything from history to theology to uh, race. Uh, he's he is probably most known uh, for his book Race Matters and his work on critical race theory. And um, he's a super proponent of social justice and civil rights um he is an activist he is a prophetic voice uh in this generation and um i'm, I'm just super excited about his he's he's one of those people that's kept the legacy of king alive mm. um yeah so wow. um and, and you know so whether it's whoever you're around just those inspirational people mm-hmm. that's what i wanted to
1: be when i came here i hear you mm-hmm it's definitely a gift you have. That's a gift. Thanks, bro. That's a huge gift. Thanks, bro. It's a spiritual gift. Ah, man, I appreciate that. Let's so talk about a little bit about that spiritual gift. Yeah, and how that relates to, um, you know, the Bible for sure. I feel like God gives us all a spiritual gift. Come on and talk about it. All a spiritual gift. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I feel like I have. I have. I'm blessed with the gift to just having just having a big heart. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Just being open to people. Yeah. Other people might have a gift of just. Good at listening, yeah. Being very creative, empathetic, creative, empathetic. Yeah, yep. our, our gift might be in a sport or something. Absolutely. And it's like God gives us all those gifts, but it takes a little while for us to uncover those gifts. Yeah. And it takes a lot of trials and tribulations to learn that we have those gifts. So for sure, kind of to touch on that. How for, God sure. Gives for, us sure. Gifts. for sure, for sure,
0: for sure. I think we, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, that we all, we all have some measure of giftedness. Um, it's funny you you, you know, being gifted in a sport. and made me think of an Olympian, Eric Liddell, mm. um, who was born, I think, he was born way, 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 way early, um, late 1800s, mm-hmm. early um, 20th century. And uh, he was a runner, and he used to say, God made me fast. He was the son of two Christian ministers, and he used to say, God made me fast, so I will run for the Lord. And that was kind of the way he conceptualize things was that Mm. that was his spiritual gift um and, and he was an olympian you know what i mean and so i think um when you talk about spiritual gifts you know sometimes people can get weirded out by that word spiritual but i think you have to see that humans are not just physical bodies that we have multiple dimensions to us. Um, We have our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions. Um, And then we have something even deeper, I I would say, something that that makes us more than just animals, more than just skin and cells and bones, Um, something that there's, I think there's a reason why humans for all of time have always sought to stay young forever, right? <laughs> yeah. To, to kind of to be immortal. Yeah. And we're fascinated with Greek mythology and Egyptian mythology and this kind of life after, what happens after I die mm-hmm. and this question of eternity. And I, I believe that's what makes us spiritual. And so um, we have these gifts that seem to transcend physical realities to where you have someone like Mother Teresa who chooses to live amongst the poorest and the destitute and the hurting and the broken. You have Mm. people like Gandhi Mm. who, while being a prominent and promising, I believe he was a lawyer, uh, but a promising professional, uh, chooses to forego all of that to come back and to help his people in India and to inspire, to literally lift a nation just off of words, man. I, I think that is the power of a spiritual Gift, and I think uh, when we take the time to listen to more than just the hustle and the bustle of our daily schedule, when we Mm -hmm. take time to really, whatever whatever you call it, being mindful, people some people call it prayer, uh, when we take that time to quiet ourselves, Mm -hmm. we can start to discover, man, how am I built spiritually?
1: Yeah, definitely. You touched on that perfectly. Oh man, I'm glad. So. I think, you, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit. So yeah, yeah, drop it off. Say, um, say I'm a college student here, mm-hmm. and I don't really know what I'm good at. I don't yeah. know my talents. Uh, I have a relationship with God, but okay. I don't seem to be finding my spiritual gift. Yeah. How do you think I go about finding what I'm good at and how Great I can question. help make the world better?
0: Great question. Excuse me. Um, I think it's important that we don't see ourselves as uh, living in a bubble that you don't do it alone. Uh, I think you get in community. You find some people who are striving to walk the same walk that you walk in, that you walk it like you talk it. <laughs> Shout out to the Migos. Go. <laughs> um, go, <and> go! <laughs> that, that you you take the time to get into community with some people who have been or who are where you're trying to get to, Mm. um, that you get into some community with some folks who are not where you currently are, uh, and that you get into community with some folks who are where you are. I think reaching forward to those who are in front of you, reaching Mm -hmm. behind you to those who aren't where you are yet, Mm. and and reaching out and around to those who are right where you are is a crucial part of our development because... Uh, Those same level relationships, they encourage you. Those relationships behind you, you get to encourage somebody else. Those relationships in front of you, they inspire you. Mm -hmm. And I think um, in community, you can discover uh, things that you thought were weaknesses and and find out, oh, wow, that's just the – I was looking at it from the wrong angle Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, somebody taught me this, for instance, that the same thing that makes you stubborn is the same exact thing that makes you faithful or makes you consistent, or makes you persistent. Um, and so you might be looking at yourself like, man, everybody tells me I'm hard-headed, I'm hard-headed, I just make stupid decisions. No, 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 no. You might be hard-headed, but that just means you need to learn a different way to channel mm. that hard-headedness into persistence. You've just been trying hard at the wrong thing. But you—it's a good thing that you were trying hard because one of the marks of an excellent leader, or Jim Collins calls it a le- level five leader, right? Uh, one of the marks of leaders of great organizations is that they have what is called in the business world a buzzword called grit, and that grit is the refusal to give up. Well, what do you? What do they tell you as a kid? You know, when you don't want to give up, oh, you're just hardheaded. Mm-hmm. But if you learn the right way to apply that hardheadedness, it now becomes a strength. It now becomes an asset. And I believe we discover those things in community. And there are fabulous communities all over the campus. Um, I know, if I could give a shameless plug, uh, one community that I uh, am a chaplain for is the uh, Sankofa Christian Ministry mm-hmm. here on campus. Uh, great people. Um, shout out to Enoch and the entire Sankofa leadership team.
1: And that, that, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's, no. Actually, that's actually where I met. That's pastor right. in this That's room right. right here. That's right. That's right. Where I met That's him. right. Um, my first time going to Bible study, I had a friend, Sean Antoine, invite me down there. Dope, man. And I'm like, man, Bible study? What, <laughs> what is that? So I'm not trying to do that. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, why not? I ain't got nothing else to do. So yeah. I sat in, and this black gentleman came in. I think he had some Jordans on, <laughs> like jeans. Yeah. Like, he's a pastor, but I was like, I don't know if this is a pastor. Is he on <laughs> <laughs> He posing as a pastor But um, he came in And he was speaking a word And The way I think we were talking about Fear that day Uh And the way he was talking about fear He was Preaching a word Like a motivational speaker And for you guys For you athletes out there You guys know Eric Thomas Yeah It was very Eric It was very ET like Yeah So if you want to (laughs) breathe As bad as you want to succeed You will be a champion He said I held him I held him Nose deep it was very much like that. E. T. And I was like oh, man. I started getting the chills, like the hairs on my neck started standing up. I'm like, oh, I need to get with this brother right here. For sure. I need to, you know, get involved with this man right here because I feel like God was calling me to do that. Mm-hmm. And um mm-hmm. I got his number and everything mm-hmm. and we had lunch a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, he invited me to his, his church and it yeah. was just an awesome experience. Yeah. Amazing people over there. Yeah. And yeah, that's how I met Tim and to the, now we're sitting here talking just like just feel like this is what god intended this relationship to be something where i can learn and he could teach me and also learn himself by teaching me that's right so we're blessed to have you here tim man i'm gonna gonna keep going so i'm um, here i'm here for you dude (laughs) yeah so um so how did you go about okay so your spiritual gift you wanted to make a difference yep so what was that process like here how did you go about making that difference here specifically good question so i got involved uh with
0: student ministry here on the campus um pretty early on in three ways um uh, my dad had started a prayer group on the campus so i got involved with that and i shifted that from just being a prayer group of kind of mostly like adults and faculty um to be in like a full-on bible study like what you attended didn't exist Uh, we started that um
1: in the, I think the spring of 2010 or something. You started like that. the the what,
0: Bible study, Sankofa Christian okay. Ministry, and that was
1: for any students to come. That was for students mm-hmm. to come. Yeah. And what is that? What is Sankofa? Sankofa,
0: Sankofa like? is a West African term that means uh, to return or to go back and to take something valuable as you move forward. Mm. And so uh, the way I explain it uh, is to kind of go back to your roots. Right. Don't forget where you came from. And for a lot of especially black and brown students, we have this spiritual background. We get to college and it's kind of like we just leave that at the door um, to try and take on this this new. What society is. Yeah. And, and, and And what we were trying to say was, no, 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 no. It definitely you need to grow. Definitely. You need to 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 evolve and to change. But don't. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm-hmm. And so um, we started having these conversations, and it grew into this Bible study and it still exists today. So that was one of the ways. Another way is I got involved with another campus ministry called InterVarsity. They're all over the world, uh, probably the largest, uh, if not one of the largest Um. Mm-hmm. Or the one of the largest, if not the largest, uh, campus ministries in the world, and um, just again, same deal. Just getting involved, reaching out to different students. We did some, uh, some, some like outreaches and some other things in the city of Providence together. So that was cool. And at university, uh, this is the part I wanted to get to. I met another dude who was on the football team. Um, in fact, we hung so tough that people thought I played football. And I was like, no, <laughs> a little small for that. <laughs> no, yeah. but um, <clears throat> uh, my, my main man, Orlando, and he started this Bible study with athletes that has now turned into a national organization known as Athletes in a mm. um, And it started right here at URI wow. with the football team and uh I got to be a part of that and and so that was those were some of the ways that I, I was able to make a difference here on the campus.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Super dope. So did you did you take the time to kinda like credit yourself and like look back and be like, wow, I really accomplished it that's, that's something I did you know every now and
0: again uh I just think back to, to the experiences Yeah. Orlando and I we still talk pretty much uh, monthly we'll have conversations but not really I think it just I use I, use, I have used it as a springboard um to kind of push me further into the work of impacting people mm. I don't really look at it as like a trophy I feel you I, I, I kind of look at it as like a mile
1: marker I got you yeah that's the biggest thing. Yeah, when yeah, you're like accomplishing sure. a goal, is yeah. to not bite the cheese. Yeah, not bite the cheese. Yeah, yeah. yeah Might yeah. be dangling in front of you, but yeah. we're gonna keep pushing and we're gonna Just always strive pushing. for more. That's it. You sound like ET
0: now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, okay, that's amazing. Thanks, so, you started those things up. Yep. What else was? going on while you were in college at URI what else did you what battles did you face trials tribulations was there anything yeah. that you were there any obstacles for you in college here um yeah
0: so uh you know that was obama was freshly in office okay so racial tensions were pretty high mm. um so we were having a lot of race discourse on the campus really yeah 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 we were talking about it um i remember there was a there was a a fight at one of the frat houses um that i think the campus tried to downplay how racially motivated it was mm-hmm. but you could hear it i was in my dorm room uh or in the in the office because i was an ra and you could hear like the racial slurs being yelled back and forth you know at people and folks were running and you know so so it, it was definitely you know and in the, in the good brothers at bond uh shout out to kevin martins and uh, all of those fellas uh, who were doing doing that work that way, and the pink women, those ladies, uh, were doing a lot to kind of facilitate these conversations. I think Dive URI or Dive RI, um, uh, the the diversity group here on campus that puts on these symposiums, mm-hmm. was a part that uh, kind of grew out of that. If they didn't precede it, um, so uh, a lot of these people, Leanne Oliveira with the Cape Verdean Student Association, these are just people that I know. Um, that, that were doing a lot of great work here on the campus uh, during that time. Wilson Okello, how can I forget, was a graduate student, um, brilliant brother. Now he is, if he hasn't completed his Ph.D., he's uh, about finished, uh, was doing a lot of great work here on the campus to kind of facilitate these conversations on race, especially in the higher education space. Um, and so that, that, that was probably the biggest issue that I was a part of. Trayvon Martin Mm. was shot uh, and there was a demonstration here on the campus uh, I was a part of it and so there was a lot of discourse on race man there's a lot of discourse on race yeah wow yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. it was pretty crazy and I think that um, as far as obstacles um, I, I kind of stayed off of the social scene uh, outside of my student you know my student yeah. group involvement so uh, that wasn't really uh, as much of a as much of an obstacle, but I think um, not coming into college with the right mentality, again, as seeing it as an investment, mm-hmm. I think that kind of, you know, I steer clear to trouble, but I didn't necessarily <clears throat> maximize what I could have gotten out of the experience. Mm-hmm. And so in a way, I think I was my own obstacle or my own limitation yeah. just because I was not I didn't educate myself well enough on yeah. the education process, mm-hmm. if that makes
1: sense. Totally. Yeah. So while you're going through college, you still wanted to be a preacher, right? Oh yeah. You still wanted to be a preacher. Yep, yep. Did yep. you how did you you better yourself at being a preacher by developing these organizations, uh-huh. yep. Sankofa? Yeah. And did you see yourself getting better as a preacher? <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs>
0: I just want to take time to thank everybody who listened to those painful first sermons (laughs) and uh, encouraged me anyway. Thank y'all because uh, I'm a lot better now than I was then. And I I was trying so hard to be consistent and to be um, to, to, you know, just to be good Mm -hmm. at what I was doing. And like anybody, you know, I, I had I had some some room to grow and some things to learn. And I actually have to credit a young woman by the name, two young ladies, um, one by the name of Jennifer Jackson and the other one by the name of Bridget Dua, uh, who's now married. Um, but uh, Bridget and Jennifer were two ladies that were part of Sankofa. And they actually were uh, two people that challenged me the most uh, because they asked me some deep questions just about tolerance and accepting people that thought yeah. differently than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and their backgrounds were a little bit, you know, they're both uh, black sisters who come from Africa, and, but their experiences were a little bit different than mine. And they challenged me lovingly, but they challenged me to think deeper about my convictions. And it actually helped me to grow and evolve as a human. And I will forever be grateful to them uh, for those challenges. Um, so. So, yeah. Mm,
1: yeah. Definitely. yeah. 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 That's awesome. man. Yeah. So fast forward to your senior year yep. in college, yep. what's, what's your mindset like? What are you thinking about? What's your future? Oh, crap. I'm about to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> was it kind of like how most college students feel? Like, dang, it's right there. Yeah. <gasps> what am I going to do? The yeah. real world's coming. Yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure. Cause Even I- with you already know what you want to do, like being a preacher and everything. Yeah. What was that kind of process like? Because you have to find uh, someone who wants you to preach at their church, right? Absolutely. So talk a little bit about that.
0: Absolutely. So... Um, in in the, the the church world is kind of similar to the business world. Um,
1: you say that all the time. You're a half entrepreneur. Yeah, half I'm half pastor. entrepreneur, <laughs> half half pastor, half yeah. spiritual
0: leader. Um, and so it's it's they're very similar. And as you know, like when you're a business person, like you can walk out of college with a business degree, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> you know that doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. It just means you have a business degree. Yep. So now, how are you going to apply that knowledge? To leverage yourself to success. So I was kind of like, man, okay, great. I've got this communications degree. I've got this um, second uh, because I double major. So I got the second major in Africana studies. What am I going to do with it? And I, I wanted to get a master's degree. And so I ended up scrambling at the last minute to apply to graduate programs in theology um the study of god and so uh i I found a couple of schools and i chose one in indiana anderson indiana 40 minutes north and east of indianapolis yeah so Mm. thankfully i was able to
1: i remember you telling me you wanted to be you know you kind of envisioned yourself like most of us do coming uh, out of college on the top of the mountain you know for sure you know, for us football players, we envision ourselves as being in the NFL. Yeah. For us singers, we envision ourselves on winning American Idol yeah, and getting a Grammy, yeah, yeah. whatever. So you envisioned yourself as being a, a, mega, a mega— Mega leader. Mega pastor. New York Times you know, bestseller, traveling the circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then God humbled you real quick. Right? Real quick and in a hurry. <laughs> Talk about that because I feel like God is o- always humbles us. For always, sure. As a,
0: for sure. I think, you know, I think because of the decisions that I made early on— yeah. Yeah. I kind of approached um, my my career as a religious professional with a sense of entitlement, mm-hmm. almost like I I deserve this. Yeah. You know, like some of these other cats out here that you hear about um, that get involved in scandals. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm better than them. Yeah. I you know, I made better decisions, and it wasn't like that. I'm, I ended up at this uh, really small school in Indiana. Um, it was not prestigious. It's still not prestigious. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't. They didn't really know me like that. Yeah. So, it, you know, I wasn't Tim the Great when yeah. I got there. I was just kind of another student. Uh uh-huh. Um, and I was around a lot of other kids who were virgins till marriage, and yeah. a lot of other, you know, everybody was the best preacher from their hometown. So, um, you know, it was it was very humbling to have to. I, I, I would imagine it was like being going from being a high school superstar to being on a college team. Yep. You know, it it was just like, oh, dad, like everybody's good here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody knows how to write. And the biggest humbling thing was, so in college I could kind of coast because I was smart yep. and I had, you know, I, I, I could do some things. Yep. When I got to grad school, I was like, oh, snap, everybody here, like, actually reads the book knows the word first of all <laughs> everybody actually bought the book <laughs> yeah. like you know in college you, you kind of weigh like midway through the semester mm-hmm. ah maybe i should buy the book now nah, in grad school everybody had the books early they had their books were notated people are walking around with their books like they're study it's not just i thought because i knew the bible real well i was good but actually there were people who were reading context they were reading commentaries they were reading um concordances they were reading all of this other material to strengthen their perspectives, mm-hmm. to have a deeper uh, response. And here I am, just like, oh yeah, John three sixteen <laughs> forgot to so love You know, yeah, so
1: It's like you come from a, a, a place where you're the, you're one of the hardest workers. Yeah, you're the best at what you do. Yeah, and you finally move up, and it's like everybody seems just like you or better. And you're like, how do I outshine these people? And I yeah. feel like that's not even just with. That's crazy that you're talking about that as a preacher because yeah. I didn't really think preachers went through that. But yeah. with every other profession, we you deal with that. Ah, absolutely. Throughout life, you deal with that as absolutely. athletes, as people in business, mm-hmm. as creative works. Um, so what do you do when you get to that point and you're like, wow, how do I showcase my ability? Like everybody, I guess, they're just as talented as me, but you know we have different minds. So how do we use our, our minds and our, our, I guess, our spiritual gifts to kind of,
0: yeah to showcase to what showcase got. what we got um you you get humble and you get honest rather is what i wanted to say you get honest um, i had to have some honest conversations with myself and thankfully i met some brothers in indiana who are just the most amazing collection of men that i've ever met they are my brothers to this day um and we talk almost daily there's a group of five of us and um they challenged me, man. They they really challenged me to to grow into my best self um, and uh, to have honest conversations. And and what I mean by that is, like, I had to look myself in the mirror and say, okay, am I doing this to get attention or am I doing this because this is really what I want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, would I do this for free? Would I serve people? Would I inspire people with my gifts, yeah. my ability to talk, my ability to communicate, Would I do that even if no one got to know my name? And when I was able to answer that question, honestly, that began my process of putting in the work, mm. not for what I was going to get out of it, mm. but for what I could bring to it. I think seeing myself as a contributor, Um uh, you know, w- Dr. W.B. Du Bois wrote The Souls of Black Folk, and I, I became... Very fond of talking about the gifts of black folk and not just the gifts of black folk, but the gifts of people, the gifts of all souls, the gifts that we bring that going back to that spiritual gifts, the gifts that we bring to the table. Sometimes it's not about the recognition. Uh, Sometimes it's just about your willingness to serve other people with your experiences, with your talents, with your skills, with your resources, with your connections, your network, everything that you've been given uh, freely or that you've earned sharing that with other people I think is what makes for great community and great spaces and societies so that's good yeah that's really good right there thanks man <laughs> I'm learning
1: a lot how you taking me back to church <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't gotta go this Sunday <laughs> but okay so I'm gonna talk about um just some subjects that for I feel sure. like you're being a pastor you could touch on yeah for sure and um so yeah um so let me start off by saying you know I had a conversation with my aunt last Sunday, mm-hmm. and she was, she gave me an interesting perspective about God and how God, she said to me that God does not want us to love anything more than him. Wow. So, you know, you know me, I'm a, I am love football. Yeah. I really love football. It's yeah. like my everything. Yeah. You know, I give it my everything, and yeah. I'm going to keep giving it my everything. Sure. But I say last season, I really love football more than anything in, yeah. out there, you know yeah. what I'm saying? yeah, yeah. yeah. And she was just telling me, like, when you love something more than you love God, God has a funny way of humbling you with that thing. You know wow, what I'm saying? yeah. And I was like, that is the truth. Yeah. Because that's what happened to me. Yeah. But when you take that thing that you love. Yeah. And you use it to glorify God. Yeah. And you say, I love God more than football. Yeah. So I'm going to use football to glorify God. Right. It's like night and day. It's yeah. like. Yeah. You're having so much more fun in what what you love to yeah, do yeah. when you use God to glorify it. Yeah. And um, I think I don't know what it exactly says in the Bible, but no, no Abraham was ready to sacrifice. Come on. His, his son. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's the story. To God, yep. he said, God said, if you love me so much, sacrifice yep. your, your yep. only son. Yep. And he said, okay, I'm yep. gonna do that. Yep. And then right when he did, God yeah. said, you know, you're good. Don't yeah. sacrifice your son. Yeah. I know you got love for me. Yeah. Sacrifice a goat instead. Sacrifice a billy goat. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So kind of touch on that, how we need to have God be the center of our lives and how we make God the center of our lives. No,
0: that's that's great. And I think that um, your aunt is a wise woman. And um, I think that uh, for those who might be listening who may not necessarily be you know, religious people or, or even really see themselves as very spiritual. Um, I think we can all agree that we are our best selves when we are not self centered. I think, um, the, the pinnacle of human existence, the pinnacle of human, uh, of the human experience is when we are generous, when we are considerate and kind and loving and willing to sacrifice our, um, our desires for the sake of the common good, mm. for the upliftment of others. And um, I think that's one of the qualities of humanity that sets us apart from animals, right? That we don't fight to the death for what benefits us, but we fight for um, everyone to get ahead. And so I think with that perspective... That um, when we place God at the center, and now we begin um, basing all of our ambitions and desires and our skills and everything we we seek to accomplish at the direction or at the leading or at the guidance of of God, I think what we're saying, if we believe. The, if we're talking about the God of the Christian Bible, uh, then what where we have to start with the God of the Christian Bible uh, is in First John chapter 4, where it says that God is love. And we know that love by nature is selfless, right? It's not love if it's selfish. It's only love if it's selfless. Mm. And so if God is selfless, then we know by—here we go again with investment— if we go and we take our investment or if we invest our gifts, our abilities, our dreams, our hopes, our ambitions, everything that we'd want to do. If we take all of those things and we invest them in God, we give them to God. Then what we know is God's is going to use them, not just for God's self, but for God, but for the point of God, which is love. So to bless other people. Mm. So that story with Abraham um, where he asks him to give up his son and, you know, that whole bit. Actually, what God spoke to Abraham before that son, Isaac, was ever born was that, hey, I'm about to bless you, but not just for you. I'm about, I'm about to bless you so that you can be a blessing and that the son that I'm going to give you, yeah, he's going to be great, but actually through you, I'm going to now bless the nations. Mm. And so... Um, in that moment where Abraham, if we could read the story this way, in that moment where Abraham has a choice, keep my son that God gave me or invest that son back into God. Um, he was really getting to choose between, okay, get some satisfaction in the here and the now by living for myself or give my son to somebody that I can trust as completely selfless, who will always think about the greater good. And when he did that. He not only got his son back, but now, according to the Bible, according to the narrative of the scriptures, um, the entire world gets to be blessed through this family. Mm. And so uh I think you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. I feel like you touched on that perfectly. <laughs> Thanks, bro.
1: But I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I never thought about it. It never even <laughs> crossed my mind. Yeah. Now. But yeah. yeah, so that was, touched on that subject very well. So another subject here. Um kind of talk to me a little bit about pain and yeah. Why God inflicts pain in us. Mm. And mm. why, because I know we need pain. We need pain to grow. Sure. So kind of touch on that, why God puts pain in our lives. That's such a good question and one that has been plaguing humanity for so, millennia. Yeah. You don't have to give a whole sermon. <laughs> kind of, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm going to just touch on it. Yeah,
0: I'll say this really quickly,
1: that um,
0: pain is necessary for growth. Because we learn from pain, and um, I think pain—you know—that's why we have a nervous system. Um, that when we stub our toe, uh, our toe through the nervous system lets us know, lets our brain know, hey, that that piece of furniture that's right there, yeah, be careful next time because it hurts when when you run into it. And uh, you know, if you were to step on a nail, you need your foot needs to tell your brain, hey, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we're bleeding down here while I don't believe that God inflicts pain yeah. on us mm-hmm. I do believe that God uh, causes all things to work together for the good of those mm. who are loved and called according to his purpose Okay, and so I think God uses um, the painful experiences of our lives to ultimately bless us and to ultimately be a blessing to others as we relate how we got through the pain mm. uh, it'll help others believe that they
1: can too I got you so I'm going to hit you with a couple of questions before we end here. Rapid um, fire. Let's go. So first off, what are some misconceptions about pastors?
0: Um, we are not uh, pimps. <laughs> we are not after your money. Um, we are sincere and we really do believe what we're talking about.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like that thing, like one one bad cop makes all the cops yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not the that's case. about every, Yeah. It's I not the that. case. Okay. And yeah. um, what is prayer to you?
0: Prayer is hanging out with God.
1: Hanging out with God. Yep. And I've learned that prayer can, it's not just, you know, you saying some words with your eyes closed in front of the Bible. No. I learned from, I think Oprah said this, that prayer is anything that brings the attention to your heart to something. So mm-hmm. it can be through art, mm-hmm. through your sport. Mm-hmm. So just anything that you're fully, yeah. your heart's fully engaged in can yeah. be in prayer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, what is the soul?
0: The soul, as uh, we understand it now, comes from a Greek word called psyche. Mm -hmm. And um, as we understand it, it is the seat of the mind, the will, and the emotions. But in the Hebrew sense, um, soul uh, comes from a word called nephesh, which means a living being. And so I would say the soul is when our mind, our will, our emotions come together in alignment with our body and our spirit to form... The true essence of
1: who we are it's mm, good right there. What is your definition of God?
0: God is the supreme being
1: of the universe who created all things. When do you most feel God's presence? Love, oh, um, love. whenever
0: I yeah whenever I
1: experience love. Okay, finish the sentence right here. The world needs God, God yes. Our greatest battle is? Self. Self. My greatest joy is? My family.
0: Family. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't choose between my wife and my daughter. I hear
1: you. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to have you on show, this, man. This is an amazing so conversation. so glad. This is an amazing so conversation. Glad. Much yeah. needed. yeah.
0: Much needed, man. We need you, Ivory. The work that you're doing, <laughs> the conversations that you're having. i trying to be, man. The way that you're thinking as a college sophomore. Sophomore, yeah. Bro, this is amazing. You're killing the game. Keep it up.
1: I'm trying to, man. I appreciate you. I definitely Absolutely. need to have you back on here on Think Gold.
0: Just let me know.
1: Yes, sir, Think man. Think Gold. Think Gold. Bro. We're going to think yes, gold. We're going to thank gold, man. I love it. And uh, I love it. have a blessed day. Hold up. Before we end right here, can yeah, we just say sure. a quick prayer? Absolutely. For anybody listening for sure. who might be going through something. For sure. For anybody who need, just needs to hear it, can we just say a quick prayer?
0: Absolutely. Dear God, we say thank you always uh, for breathing our bodies, strength in our bones. God, we pray uh, for every anyone who is listening uh, to this talk, uh, to this podcast. You just bless them. That wherever their spirits are, whatever they're feeling, whatever they're going through, you just bless them. Um, and cause them to see peace, cause them to experience joy, and cause them to feel your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A
1: V on YouTube.